Okay, Be'ez HaShem, Parashas Vayigash, some very fascinating uh, ideas this week, Be'ez HaShem. We continue with the story of Yosef HaTzadik, Para and all, uh, everything that happens um, in Mitzrayim at this stage. We're holding the situation that the brothers are down in Mitzrayim, most of the brothers down in Mitzrayim. Here they are, they're facing the second, the vice president, the second in command of Mitzrayim, one of the most powerful nations. And... They didn't recognize him, Rashi told us, he left without a bid, now he has a bid. So as the uh, parasha begins, Vayigash Elov Yehuda, I think it's Kedai to have a Chomish in front of you and open it up to understand a little bit of what we're saying. Vayigash Elov Yehuda, Yehuda comes close, Vayoyma bi Adoni, Yedavano Avdecha Dova Bozne Adoni, Vayicha Abcha Ba'avdecha, Kichamoycha Kepare. So, in fact it's actually very interesting if you think about it, this conversation that's going on right over here, in the beginning of Parshas Vayigash, is, is a very interesting conversation, because it's like a Chazorah. It's like a Chazorah, it's like a repetition that kept on happening. You know, the, the, for example, the Beis HaLevi discusses this Barichas, and he says, they realized something is very wrong, that when Yosef said, you're spies, and they said, no, 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 we're not spies, and they said, well, no, we're just here to buy food, and Yosef says, no, you're spies, that there seems to be a continuation of a repetition very much in this week's parasha. What conversation is going on? We're not spies, we're here just to get food, you are spies, what's going on? So the Salavi understood like this, a very interesting pshat. Daniel, tell me if you have, tell you you've heard this one before, it's very interesting. He says that they thought that the interpreter was making a mistake. They thought that there was an interpreter, because at the end of the day, Yosef, you know, was speaking Egyptian, and they didn't know Egyptians, there was an interpreter between them. Therefore, they thought there's something going on, there's something wrong with the interpreter. We're saying something, he's telling it to Yosef, who was the second in command, he's obviously saying it wrong, because Yosef is saying that with spice, there's something going on over here. Therefore, listen carefully, says the Beisalev, it's unbelievable. He says, Vayigash Elav Yudhihudu wanted to go closer, let me speak within your ears. Leave out the interpreter. We're going to go directly to you. We're going to speak. Let me say something to you. Finally, you'll understand it. You're just like Paro. Just like Paro understood every language. You must be also like Paro. You also understand every language. And therefore, if you understand every language, you'll understand what I'm saying. Says the Beis Alevi. That's what's going on over here. It's not a repetition. It's an understanding that they had that now we're going to accomplish something that we previously never accomplished. But we have to move on also to something that Rashi says. Rashi says, the second Rashi in the parasha, They spoke harshly. They spoke harshly. And the question is, what's the pshat? You know, when they were accused of stealing the goblet of the kois, they accepted, they accepted to die, they accepted to be in Ebed. There's no problem. All of a sudden over here, they speak harshly. And they're saying, no. We're not, we're, that's not what, it's not our intention over here. Why the turnaround? What happened all of a sudden that Rashi says over here is speaking harshly? It says the Nesivas Pshat that we have to understand that the brothers knew their own power. They knew theoretically they could have overpowered power, they could have escaped, they could have ran away, they could have done anything. But they were, when they were accused of stealing the coast, the goblet, they accepted their fate with love. Why? There's no argument, no speaking cautious like Rashi says over here. What happened? What's the difference? Because they understood that everything's min Everything's orchestrated by the Rabbi Yishalayim. If we're, in, if we're going to become avodim because of this, you know why? It's because of Yosef. It's because that we sold Yosef. It's all happening, Ashkocha Protest, because we sold Yosef, so now we're also going to be avodim. So they accepted it with love. What changed? What changed all of a sudden is they wanted, Yosef said, get Binyamin here. Binyamin? Binyamin wasn't part of the sale. 
Ah, so this has nothing to do with selling Yosef. If it's nothing to do with selling Yosef, all of a sudden they're not going to accept their faith. And that's why Rashi says they all of a sudden spoke harshly. That's the turnaround, says the Nasivas. When Pshat and Rashi were over here, Dafka, they started speaking with harshness. Now, the question is, you look at the Pasuk. And the boss says, the boss of They wanted to bring Binyamin. Yosef said, please bring Binyamin over here. Why did Yosef specifically want Binyamin to come down to Mitzrayim? What's the pshat? What did he need Binyamin to come down for? He wanted to see his brother. Okay, that's a nice pshat. He wants to see his brother. But it sounded like that was a tonight. I need Binyamin here. All right, I want to see my brother. I want to see he's alive. I want to see how's he doing. It's cute. But what's the real reason? What's going on behind the scenes? The best the Briskorov like this. The Briskorov explains that this was Yosef's plan to be reunited with his father. He knew, Yosef knew, he could not communicate directly with his father because the brothers banned, they put a cherim on anyone that, that lets out the secret. According to the Ramban, Yosef HaTzadik was included in this ban, even though they didn't make it specifically for that, but the Ramban knows that Yosef was included in the ban, and therefore there was no way of him communicating with his father. So if he knew, said Yosef himself, if I get Binyamin to come down to Mitzrayim, I'm assuming his father, Yaakov, my father, will come down with him. He's not going to let Binyamin to go by himself. And therefore, this was his trick, says the Biskov, of getting Binyamin to come down and getting communication with his father, which otherwise there was no way of him having, because there was a cherim on anyone that would communicate, and therefore wasn't able to do that. Okay, so let's move on. We know that Posik Perik Memei Posik Gimel, right? We have one of the most famous talking we spoke about this Tuesday night by Rishos, but Yom Yosef Alochiv Ani Yosef Ha'Oid Ovichai, famous. We know the Beis Halevi, the Chaim Shmulevitz. What's the question? He knew he was alive. Um, why is he asking from the whole conversation before this that our elderly father can't come down it's too difficult for him so he knew he was alive what's the question we also said there was no answer to this question and we explained it on Tuesday night to mean that it was a, it was Bederich Musa as the Beis Alevi points out it was a way of saying Kilu you contradiction your words because oh you were so concerned now about Binyama but you weren't so concerned when I went down to Mitzrayim and therefore don't live a life of excuses as we explained on Tuesday night don't live a life of I can't do this and then Hashem points out that you probably could but that was that you cite. Says the Chovetz Chaim. The Chovetz Chaim understands like this. The Chovetz Chaim Torah says it all came from the words Ani Yosef. I'm Yosef. All of a sudden, the brothers they couldn't answer him. Right? As the Torah tells us clearly, the brothers couldn't answer him. The Poshut couldn't take it. They couldn't manage. They couldn't answer him because they were so petrified. Because all of a sudden, they understood. That every question that they had of being in Mitzrayim, what's that, what's going on? They was accusing us of this and doing this. Doesn't make any sense. Ah, Yosef, Now we understand. Says the Chovetz Chaim, an unbelievable Yisoid. We many times live with questions in our lives. Why does the Rebbeinu Shalom do this? Why does this happen? Why is this person suffering? Why why do good things happen to bad? You know why do bad things happen to good people? All of these things. Says the Chovetz Chaim. There'll come a time. That the Rabbanishim will reveal himself and say, Ani Hashem, and all of a sudden, all of the questions that we had will be revealed, they'll be so posh, they'll be so simple that nothing will be a question for us. Moving on, Kinivalu Miponov says, Rivitzkalizik Shed, Rashiv of Slabotka, he says, Pshat like this. <coughs> he says, You have to understand, the brothers were convinced that they acted correctly. They passed up Pidin, that Yosef Atzadik has to be high Misa. It was a psak, it wasn't a joke. They, they passed in that way. They were convinced they were doing the correct thing. It was muta. So why were they scared to tell Yaakov? Because they didn't know how it was going to react. They didn't want to hurt him. They didn't know what it was going to be. 
So, so say, maybe I'll, I'll be this, maybe. So now that Yosef revealed that his dream was fulfilled, this was a dream, right? A dream that he originally dreamed that he's going to be the, the Rosh and they're all going to bow down to him. So now they couldn't pretend anymore that they were right. They were forced to realize that when they originally acted, it was acted out of hatred of Yosef. There was jealousy. They were jealous of Yosef's deeds. They were jealousy of Yosef's relationship, um, Yaka's relationship with Yosef. And therefore, so Yosef Isaac shared this point. They weren't able to answer. You know why? Because they were forced to realize that at the end of the day it was really their jealousy that caused them to sell Yosef and try to kill him it wasn't really so Lashim Shemaim and that is what um, and that's how the Slobodka Rosh Hashiva understands why they couldn't answer but I want to tell you a fascinating thing you've got a whole cop for this but it's very very Chashiv from here we learn Chazal tell us from here we learn to Medrash right famous Medrash the Salevi Barichas talks about it and from here we learn that if Yosef's brothers could not cope with being told that they were wrong, what's going to be with us? After 120 years, we get to Shemayim thinking, with such tzaddikim, I learned, Baruch Hashem, what do you mean? I even finished Shas, Tafayomi, beautiful. I did everything. I'm a good Jew, right? I put them to fill in every single day. I did everything great. You know, after 120 years, they're going to come down, they're going to say, oh really? What about A, B, C? They're going to go through the list of things that you didn't do right. Right? That's what the Medrash says on this, on this parasha, on this particular sugya that we did. Says the Binyan Shloimer. The Binyan Shloimer is with Shloimer from Vilna. He says the following, so listen to this, it's absolutely fascinating and it's an incredible idea. Rav Shloimer from Vilna and Binyan Shloimer says, where do we learn this from? Where, where does this come from? This comes from a case where if a person intended B'machshava, he wanted to do something evil, right? They wanted to do something bad by selling, selling Yosef. How did it turn out? Turned out to be amazing. Because if Yosef wasn't there, they would have starved to death. Yosef saved them, right? So in the end, it turned out to be good. But the intention wasn't good. So therefore, if the intention wasn't good and it turned out to be good, and they were like, oh my gosh, they weren't able to be dancer. What's going to be by somebody, a normal person, that intended to do bad and actually did bad? He's not going to be able to have what to answer. If this is answered from a case where he was intended to do bad and it ended up being good, and now for Pekin, Chazal tell us, what's going to happen? What's going to happen when a person intended to do an Avera and actually carried out the Avera? What's he going to say in Shemaim? Listen carefully what he's saying. There's an addition. I heard this from Robert Bernstein in England. He said a beautiful addition to this. Where's the Makar for this? The Makar for here is Gemara Nazi. Gemara Nazi Chav Gimel. Where the Gemara talks about a case where a husband is allowed to annul a vow, a neder of his wife, without his wife knowing. So his wife makes a neder, not to do something. And he, the husband, annuls. You know, he, he, he takes away the neder. Right? There's no neder. He's matter the neder, even though she doesn't know about it. What's the halacha, says the Gemara, if she does that thing that she thinks she's not allowed to do? She's over on her nether, which really isn't a nether, because her husband really annulled it. So the Gemara says over there that she needs a kapara. Why? Because she thinks she's doing an avera. Says the Gemara, if a person thinks he's eating treif, but really he's not eating treif, Lemaise, he needs a kapara. Because at the end of the day, he thought he's doing that. Continues the Gemara. When Rabbi Akiva heard this, he started to cry. Ask the Gideon Hashas. Why? Why would be Kiva? And why now? What's, what's going on over here? What, 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 what's, what's the Hemshach and Gomorrah? When Bikiva heard this, that Oiva Voy, a woman that you know, was over in the nether and her husband annulled it. She needs a kapara, just like when a person thinks he's eating trave and he's not. When Bikiva started to cry. Why? Why, why? why number one, why Rabbi Kiva? And number two, why now? Well, what's going on over here? 
That's the Ginyan Hashas' Kasha. Answer the Ginyan Hashas. We have a Kabbalah from Zoya Kodesh. That the Asura Ruge Malchus were a Gilgal of the brothers who sold Yosef. Rabbi Akiva Kiyodua was a Gilgal of Shimon. Shimon tells us the Pasuk started the whole process. He started the whole sale. Rabbi Akiva, who was a Gilgal of Shimon, heard and of the Gemara that if someone just wants to do a Vera but doesn't manage to do it, needs a Kapora, he started crying. Because he realized that's exactly what he did when he sold Yosef. Yes, it ended well, but the intention wasn't that good. And therefore he needs a Kapora. So Dafka Rabbi Akiva cried. That's the Pshat. An amazing, amazing insight. I hope you help cop in that idea, but it's just a beautiful idea. Let's move on, Rabbi Sai. That's, okay, that's subject to our machloi, because whatever it was. But our P, how we understand it, what we're told, is that theoretically their intention was good. They thought, he's Chayabisa. What's he doing? The Basra, the whole thing, the Paskan al Din, it's the Shifte Kar, by the way, remember. We said last week, Chas we don't speak badly about the Shifte Kar, we don't understand on them, what this means, Chas Shalom. These were Tzadikim Ge'oinim Oilim. These were the biggest Tzadikim ever, right? There, there, there was one evil people, Chas Shalom. These were the biggest Tzadikim. In their mind, it could be they had in the tear that, you know, maybe there was some jealousy, but they thought they were doing it up in. And the Chalamis and Mephoshim say that. How, person, how careful a person has to be from not having any gear. We think we're doing the right thing. Yeah, to go to the chasna. It's so important. What do you mean? It's a chasna, it's a mitzvah. If I'm not there, the chasna can be upset. It's very important. Big mitzvah. Really? That's why you're going? Well, there's another reason as well. Often that we do the same thing in our own lives as well. Not that we're compared to the shifted copper, we do the same thing in our own lives as well. We think it's a mitzvah. And we have every justification that going is a mitzvah. It's not a mitzvah. You just talk yourself into it. So it could be that was what was going on. But Okapon, let's move on to Rabbi Say. We know. They want that to be that way. Okay. But that, that's why Rabbi Kiva, that's why Rabbi Kiva, that's, why, that's, why, that's what's happening over here. We know when they finally got together, he cried. On the, uh, on the, in the neck of Binyamin, by Binyamin Bacha al Tzavarov. So, you know, Rashi tells us why they're crying. What's the reason? Al Mishkon, and the base of Right? Targum Yonason says because of the Golas between the Goyim that they were going to eventually endure. I want to tell you one of the most unbelievable Svasemis. Unbelievable Svasemis. You look up the Tofresh Mem Aleph in this week's parasha. The Svasemis says, why now? Why are they crying now? Say the crying base of Migdash and the Golas. Now you have to cry. Rashi says clearly. I mean the Pasuk says they were crying. Rashi says it's because of the base of Migdash, but why now? Listen to this Fas Emes, this earth shattering Fas Emes. I, I don't know how you, you have to be this Fas Emes to say such a thing. Says this Fas Emes because the Pasuk says previously before this, Yosef couldn't take it. He pushed it, couldn't take it. He wanted to burst it out, he couldn't do so. He sent everybody out and then he told everyone. Says this Fas Emes, the Pshat is. That if Yosef had Sadiq would have delayed a little bit more, and he would have endured and suffered a little bit more and not revealing himself, he could have been Mesakin all the Golas and the Tsar that Klalisra would ever have to gone through enduring Golas. If only Yosef would have just suffered a little bit more and endured that situation, there would have been no Khorban, no Golas, there would have been nothing. But because he couldn't take it, he caused the Golas and the Khorban, that's why he cried now. That's specifically why he now cried. It shows us how the Shvatim and the Ovis, was to, they, 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 they took that Soros. It has to be taken so seriously. It's such a serious thing. Okay, okay so let's move on. Uh, one of the very important things that we, that we know is what was the proof that Yaakov understood that his son Yosef was really alive? You know, but Dabu Elev has called him Yosef. They told everything about Yosef. And 
Asher Diber Aleim V'yaris HaGolois Oh, so the wagons Asher Sholoch Yosef L'Sesu V'Tachih Ruach Yaakov Okay, so the wagons Now I'm okay What's the Pshat? So Rashi tells us very simple. Rashi says Pshat is that he showed them what they were learning beforehand. They were learning the parish of Egla Rufa, and this was like a simon that he is still in his Sidkus. Right? So I'm learning the Foshim, understand it, that he shows that even in Mitzrayim, even with every open smartphone in the world, Yosef Atzadik was still Yosef Atzadik at the end of the day. And I want to tell you, Moti Kazakh, Daniel, this is Gavaldic, you remember this. There's a famous Maisel with the Vilna Goyim. Somebody came to Vilna Goyim with the following Shaila. There was a woman who was in Aguna, right? which means her husband left her many years previous to that. And she was never stuck. She couldn't get remarried. She never got a get from her husband. And for years and years, she's by herself. And um, a man comes along and says, I'm the husband. Here I am. I've aged a bit. That's why you don't recognize me. And they're like, hey, how do you know? How do we know that you're the husband? So he said, what do you mean? Go to the house. I have purple curtains. And we've got like a rug in our bedroom by the bed. And he started giving all this simonim that, that he would know of his previous house to show he was the husband. They weren't sure. They came to the Vilna going, what do we do? Is he really the husband or not? Big enough community. Are we allowed to get them together or not? So... The Dagoyim says, okay, ask him what place he davened in Shul. Mm. Interesting. So they went over to him and they asked him, and he had no idea. And they said, okay, you're a fake. Zaykh is saying, get out of here. They asked the Dagoyim, how did you know? So we know, it's Kriyodua, Tzadikim. When they wanted to find something, they look in the Torah. Every Mekurv, everything is in the Torah. So the Dagoyim, Kriyodua, said, everything is in the Torah. Everything is in the Torah. Voracious, in the word voracious. But Rishishim um, Pinkas understands Pshat, that this Posak is the Raya that the Vilna Goyen had. What's the Raya? Because the Vilna Goyen understood that when a person's coming to Matama, a woman, and he wants to mess around, so he's only going to know Inyone Toma. He's not going to know Inyone Kedusha. He's not going to know Kedusha. We know his place in Shul. What's the Raya? Right over here. Yaakov was told about, you know, his son Yosef is in Mitzrayim, and he's a general, he's from Hashem. All right, very nice. He saw that Golas. Ooh, he saw the Sugi that we were learning. That's Kedusha. Okay, that means that you're real. That's how the, that, that says the Shushan Pinkas itself is the Raya that the Vilna going had from this week's parish. But I want to tell you something else also very interesting. There was um, a guy in Manchester actually said this over. Uh, this is from Robert Bernstein. He said, um, imagine a couple have a child. Have a one child. He goes a little bit on the wrong direction. He goes, he goes, he leaves the country and he goes up to some college, some university, and they never hear from him again. Years and years and years go by. They never hear a word from him. They don't know how is he? Is he alive? Is he married? Does he have kids? They have no idea. All of a sudden, years later, they get a phone call from this long-lost son who's somewhere in university, somewhere who knows where. And they get a call from him, and they say, he says, I'm alive. And they said, wow, this is unbelievable. We're elderly parents, and we're so happy to hear from you. That's amazing. We want to come and visit you. Tell us, give us your address. Tell us where to find you. And he says, no, 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 I have a car. It's okay. I'll come and visit you. And they figure something's wrong. Because if we want to come visit you, you'd be no, no problem. You Sure, come visit me. You don't want us to come visit you. You want to come visit us. I don't know where you are. I don't know what situation you're in. But obviously something's wrong. What's going on over here is Yosef HaTzadik doesn't say, Dad, Yaakov, I'll come visit you. He sends that gollis. He sends the wagons. Come visit me. That means Yaakov understood that Yosef was prepared that no problem, my father can come down to Mitzrayim with all the Tumah and visit me because I'm still holding on my tzidkos. When you don't mind that, that's how Yaakov understood. That's the reason why he all of a sudden was appeased, because he realized that obviously Yosef is still in his citrus. Why? Because he doesn't mind that I go visit him, which is obviously one of the riots that he's still holding in his original being at Sadiq. Another thing as well, 
Rishinshim Pinkus points this out as well in Perik Mem Zayin Pasuk Chavtes. Vayesev Yosef Merkavtoi Vayalikras Yisrael Oviv Goshno Vayerulov Vayipal Tzavor Vayevkal Tzavor Vayoyd. We know the famous Ma'aseh Chazal Chazal tell us that Yaakov was reading Shema at this stage, and there's a famous question: Why was he reading Shema? What's the Yisod of Shema? Beautiful understanding from Rishinshim Pinkus. Beautiful understanding. What is the Yisod of Shema? What is Kriyat Shema? Kriyat Shema is Kabbalas Malchus Shemaim. It's being Moisa Nefesh. Yourself to the Rabbinish line. I'm giving everything over to the Rabbinish line. That's what Krishna is. It's the mysterious nefesh of our lives to Hashem that we're willing to give up our lives and our money and everything for the Rabbinish line. Tzadikim did this. Yaakov Avinu, as we know, the Possek says, right before this, the Possek says that he was calmed down. The Pesach said that he was, you know, he was able to, he was able to calm down as soon as he knew, right? He was able to sort of calm down when he heard that Yosef is still alive. He got a new lease of life. All of a sudden, he is Yosef is alive. I have a new lease of life. That's why he had to say Shema again, because the new lease of life that he got. He had to be Moise Nefesh, that, even that new Chedek to the Rabbi Nishalayla. That's why Yosef didn't say um, um, the Kriya Shema at that stage, only Yaakov did. Because ya- Yaakov was the one that had to go along and be Moise Nefesh, that new lease of life to do that. And therefore, that's the reason over there why he said Kriya Shema. Another idea, Rabbi Yisrael, which I'd like to share with you, maybe we'll just end with this idea from the Chedush Alev. The Chedush Alev of Henech Lebesh is a beautiful Yosoit on um, at the, towards the end of the parasha, Perak Menzayim, Pasuk Tess. Paro says to him, how old are you? She says, what do you mean? I'm 130. A very small, meaning a very, not a, not a short and bad life that I had. That's what he says. And Chazal tell us, and look at the Das Kenim Balatosavis, the Das Kenim Balatosavis explains that because Paro saw him such an old man, he was white, which was obviously unusual in those days, even at 120, it was unusual for someone to be so white. He said, why are you so white? How old are you? And he said, listen, I've had a short life, a bad life, and that's the reason why I'm so white, because I've had such a bad life. Says the Medrash, Das Kenim brings down the Medrash. He brings down the Medrash that says, at that moment, that Yaakov Avinu said, I had a very short and bad life. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to him, I give you such a good life. What do you mean? I saved you from Esau. I saved you from Lavan. I got Dina back. I got Yosef back for you. Come on, that's called a bad life. That's what you say to Tatapara. You had a short and bad life. I'm going to remove 33 letters from your life. For the 33 letters of the two Psukim, Pasuk Tess and Pasuk Yud, if you look for the words and we counted it, there were 33 well, not that we need to, you know, the measure says that's Canaan, not that we need to, but we just wanted to find it out ourselves. There are 33 letters, and therefore, we're going to remove it, and you're not going to live like your father, Yitzchak. Ask the Chadusha Rave. What's the Pshat? Why was he punished? And the answer is, like, like he says, because at the end of the day, he should have looked at the good part of his life. All right, so how did he fall? And he says that you said that we said ourselves many times, and that many times the Rebbeinu gives us, you know, challenges. But there are also good times. And the nature of a person is to look 
at something bad. For example, the, the, the psychology books, we've spoken about this many times, psychology books will speak about if a person that comes into this room, looks around and says, oh look, there's the missing tiles. One second. Look at the rest of the room, it's so beautiful. You have to notice the missing tiles. All right, there's a few more than normal. I understand that. But the general idea is called the missing tile syndrome. We always point out the bad thing. Right? Imagine a person goes to a chasna, he goes to a wedding, and, he, and they said, how's chasna? Oh, the music was so loud. One second, it was a beautiful chasna. The food was great. The service was good. The hall was beautiful. The air conditioning was on. But you noticed, and you came out with one bad thing. That was Yaakov Avinu's problem. Said the Chedusha Alev, he had a beautiful life, but he concentrated on the bad. And that was what was represented when he said to Parah, when he said, Ma'at Varayim. He had a beautiful life, but what he recognized and what, point, what stuck out in his life was the bad parts. And said the Chedusha Alev. He's saying the truth. Yeah. Parah didn't ask no, him no, about no. his life. He wants to know why his beard was so white. I understand. And that's why his beard was white. I know, but he, he could have said, yes, he could have said, I had a beautiful life, I had a good life, I had, I had life various trials and tribulations that maybe have caused my white beard. But that's not my life. He described his life as being bad. That's what the Medrash says. The chutzpah. I understand you had trials. You had nisayinus. Everyone has nisayinus. But that's your life? Your life was bad? No. Your life was good. Not because you just had nisayinus. That's how a person has to look at it. Yes, we have bad situations. Bad, quote unquote. Right? Calling you. Called Ovid Rahman Latavov. And everything is good. Our The way that we have to learn to look at life. Is to look at it in a good way, in a positive way. And the Abundant Shabbat is Hashem. We should have a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for coming, guys.